as usual, Mr. Talib. Oh fuck again. Uh, no <laughs> Here we go again. again eh? Who do you think we have on our podcast today? Who do you think? Who do I know we have on our podcast today? Who? It's Mr. Alexander Durich, no, the Olympian no, no, no. himself. You're wrong. That's <laughs> not how you say it. Then how do you say we it? We have Alexander the Great on the podcast. <laughs> that yeah. is how you say it. Welcome to the podcast, Alexander. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys, to having me uh, tonight. Or oh, yeah, it's it's great to be here. To be honest, there. I mean, it's always good to uh, just talk. Let's talk. Let's yeah, yeah. have a fun. Yep, we're gonna have a good conversation for the next four hours. Hopefully, <laughs> four hours. Okay. <laughs> You have till midnight, right? That's fine, right? <laughs> yes. Till, yeah, anyways, I'm not going to announce it now. <laughs> we are no lockdown anymore, so it's fine. Yep. So how have you been? I've been okay, to be honest. I'm busy, busy with uh, my work. Um, uh, busy to actually adapt myself with the life uh, under COVID. All of us, I think, is uh, no difference um, from last year until today. Uh, we've been in and out, in and out with this lockdown. Finally, um, we are back kind of in some normal normal life hopefully in, in till uh, about two weeks later la. yes yes we always say that we, we're the back the and then two weeks later it's boom again we'll yeah. get to the ktv yeah, or something like that i hope we don't get any more ktv and all this uh which but, was for but another story you, you are a fitness freak so how do you keep yourself fit during this covid with the lockdown how do you do it you know to be uh, those are the question which i been asked so many times is it's not about in um I'm a fitness freak now. Mm-hmm. I've been fitness freak for the last 35 years. Tomorrow I'll be 51, so I can announce that uh, how old Shit, I am. Man. Tomorrow, We're yeah. just going to tell this oh, okay, to sorry. the world at the ah. end of the podcast. Ah, okay, so <laughs> I've I been fitness freak for quite, quite some time. It's for a long time. And um, to be honest, it's helped me uh, during this uh, COVID period because most of my friends I look around and in overseas also and in Singapore. They really struggle mentally and um, mm. uh, by being, um, you know, inside the house and no, not knowing what to do with themselves. And um, myself, to be honest, I didn't change myself much before lo- uh, lockdown or before this COVID because all my life was uh, training, sleep, training. And uh, so actually COVID helped me a little bit more because I see less people around the, when I run places. And, uh, <laughs> you know, so I have a more freedom to run uh-huh. as, as far i can and you know uh so but that's yeah. not the, what i see i mean I, I see even more people are running outside and you know i don't know sure if they're running i will say oh, that they're walking or, or running is running yeah, um, yeah. Suddenly i i get upset when somebody tell me uh, oh, i've been running and i see the pace he's going i was thinking are you walking or you are just like uh, you know come on man you're an olympian and how can you compare yeah, with, yeah, uh, yeah. i mean peasants I, like us no 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 compare but uh, i'm a very uh, competitive so uh, I, 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 when somebody tell me, oh, I've been running, and I said, uh, what's your pace, and uh, how far you went, and he said, oh, I run 3K or 4K, and I was like, you shouldn't even go out from the house. Up. You shouldn't even come out from the house, you know, without saying 10, 15 kilometers minimum, then we can talk about Okay, wait, wait, hold on. How, how many kilometers <laughs> do you run, actually? Actually, today I went cycling for 60K. Uh, 60K? 60K, but was really fast. I was my ever my road bike. This is my new sport. Running basically never under 11 or 12K, up to 21, the days when it's at 21. Last 21 was last week and one hour and 40 minutes. Wait, so Jeez. this is like your K. daily routine? So which is not bad uh, considering in my age. When I was 18, I could tell you I, I was flying. I was flying with running. I was... Um, so is this like your daily routine? Yes, yes. I, I, I felt sometimes that I can't sleep at night because my brain telling me, oh, you didn't do anything today. So it's like a basically it's pushing me to do something. Who are this you, is, man? This are, is you, true. are you David this Goggins or what? No, 
I'm a kind of, I think just that the sport took my life, honestly. It's just, a, that, yeah. that's just like, you know, um, that, that was my has life. It, has it always been like this when you're young? Uh, it wasn't when I, it wasn't when I was started. I mean, I started loving f- sport probably too much when I was 12, 13 years old. Before mm. that was more like a playing with the friends, with my neighborhood in my small village. We breaking the windows, you know, neighbors' uh, houses because we, we learn playing football on the street. Mm. It wasn't even street. It was like, a, you know, in the village, small villages, it's not the roads. It's a basically yeah. a bump and, and, and a holes and um, no such a thing what the kids have today. And we didn't even have a ball. We had this kind of, it used to be called Adidas ball with um, leather ball. And when they hit you, basically, oh, you get, the, you get yeah. the tattoo for next couple yeah. of weeks <laughs> in your body, honestly. That's the, yeah, yes, that's, yes. That's very and then, beautiful. Um, to change the when when the ball uh, mostly sometimes when we broke the windows and the uh, neighbors neighbor come out with a knife and and um, knife and, and yes and and Na- and, and get this uh, <laughs> make sure that he leave the something for the ball oh, and his basically uh, his uh, ball is gone. Oh okay okay and on then the ball the, yeah right, the ball yes fine. yeah ball at least ball he didn't chase us I mean yeah. he chased us but the ball is gone yeah. and then we will um, the ball had a, this like a inside the, it's, a, it's like you changing the tire correct yeah so you had the, mm-hmm. like a, so basically you have to cut the leather this uh, the stitches and take out this um, uh, inside this uh, tie like a tight like a yeah and then you go in the shop and buy a new one put it in but then the problem is where to find somebody to stitch back and we usually ask our parents somebody who know how to stitch and play on again and then happen again in a couple of months again we do some uh, as a kid yeah there was but that was fun that was fun yeah. we love that because we love you know the neighbor chasing us and or or we play in some uh, um, some land of somebody who is you know just put it uh, grass and we didn't know and we've been playing and so it's like you know this this something which is um, I remember as a child when I was uh, in my teenage years uh, when we were playing football in the basketball court in Pasir Is, right yes you know where Pasir Is, is right yes of course okay, I know. yeah you've been here for a long <laughs> yes. time right? yeah, so. and I've got to give credit to the Singapore police force uh, because they have ambushed us several times when we were playing football yes really really and they took that time to actually chase us like about at least a kilometer down the road and we were like in split groups. Yeah, say. go go go! Everybody in different way. Yeah, and they ambush and they literally ambush us. Those were the police uh, in I think the mid nineties. I th- I think there's the fitness for you guys and the for police also yeah. to have some extra extra. I mean, at, at least fitness. you play so much for local football. At huh? least you play at a basketball court. <laughs> well, I play under the white deck, you know. Oh, that's when you break the light. This is the yeah. time. This is time I wanted to see. I fortunately I missed that because um, coming into Singapore in 1999, first things were realized was all the red cross uh, in the circle of the any sport and the cross red. Oh, and they've I done felt it. Like, yeah, they've done it. Yeah. Yeah. So I all later part after that they start putting the like a bus bus um, you know in the earlier part there was a bus rally when you uh, aluminium. They put a day. The railing. The railing, yeah. yeah railing, the railing, railing, yeah. yeah. You feel like you're going into the bus in, um, when I came in 20 something years. And um, so, yes, which is, um, yeah, reality in Singapore. Let's just, let's just go back to Bosnia where you grew up. Yeah. Okay, when, when I actually spoke to you, I mean, we were texting, right? And I was telling yes, you that yes. I was in Bosnia. Yes, and you showed me the video. And I yeah, see some videos. Video? Yes, I saw some. That's crazy, right? Yes. I took a bus from to you, Bosnia. You, your memories, uh, you, you, that video it yeah, was man. amazing. Yeah. And um, y- you know, you guys m- kind of saw something which I didn't see for a long time. I've been last time in Bosnia in 2003. Yeah. And been a long time ago, yeah. Oh, so that the was the last time you went? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, how, yes. How different was it? From my video. 
I mean, his video is, uh, mm. it's, it's, to be honest, it's not much different. Bosnia being Bosnia, we are still far away from the rest of the Europe. Unfortunately, mm. that's how it is. This is a reality. My brother lived there. I have an older brother, two years older than me. And um, he have family day. We Where spoke. in Bosnia? Where uh, Doboj. It's basically okay. like a small town, yeah. which one, when I was growing up, I thought is a New York for me, honestly, because I lived in a village outside of, outskirts of the city, Doboj. Yeah. And then we, me, my brother, and my dad used to take us to to city. We thought is oh my god, there's the lights. We didn't have you lights at home. You mean city in Sarajevo? Oh, Sarajevo was like I don't know. Uh, New that York? was like more than New York. <laughs> like you know, just see the cars and see the like uh, two lines in uh, and they yeah. see the train mm. and uh, and you know being a big city with a big building. So it was like mm -hmm. to me as a child was like something like out of uh, just see it on the movies. You know, I, I grew up very poorly uh, as a poor family. We didn't have a TVs and the, we didn't have a, electricity was um, on was and off. Harsh. Well, winter was very harsh. Yeah. Uh, it was really harsh. And as a, I remember, I will never forget that uh, um, as a child growing up and being in this village and the, especially winter well, around the new, uh, new year when it's all yeah. the movies coming and all these, the kids watching and all this. And me and my brother were watching through the windows, dark in the with the candle, and see the city down in a, like a far a yeah. city full of lights and Dobo is my my town, full of lights and thinking about wow, <clears throat> these people are living life and but we we was happy we didn't know for the better so we thought life was we living as was uh, great and yeah. um, and it's I can say it, I was still happy as a child and uh, I will never change uh, to be honest if I can go back I'll go back same way. Yeah, and no difference. The 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 thing is, I took a bus from Croatia from Zagreb, yes. and then I went into, and the scenery was amazing yeah. into Bosnia. But then I see places like Southern Territory, which is I, I don't know if yes. I pronounce it correctly. It's the Republic of Slovenia yes. or something like that. No, it's a, it's a, so if you come from the Croatia, you you saw the uh, which one is a territory of the uh, yeah. Cro Croats. Yeah, so they basically is a. Um, the majority is the Croats. Okay. Um, and, and then you go into flag. the then you go into the day flag. It is a Croatian flag in Bosnian um, Herzegovina okay. country. Yeah. And then you that's it like a canton. Uh, we call like a state state mm -hmm. where there's a majority is Croatian. And then you sure. probably you went through the ways the Republic of Bosnia uh, Bosnia and Herzegovina, yeah. which are majority is Muslims. Yeah. And then is my part if you cross to Doboj. Doboj is actually on the border. Uh, Republic of S S uh, Serbia, S Serbska Republic or something like that. Serbska, yeah, Re yeah, Republic. Yeah. That's Republic. the one I'm talking about. That's yes. the flag that I see. Yes, and they have a different flag. So they, we have a Bosnian flag, we have Croatian flag, and then we have a the Serbian flag, and then we are call ourselves Bosnia Herzegovina. I see. Which is, which is ridiculous to be honest. I've been always against that, and uh, people, my friends who know in Bosnia, uh, what I fight for and um, what I. Uh, went in Olympic Games in, uh, under the one flag, which one is Bosnia-Herzegovina, because we call ourselves, I call myself, I'm a Bosnian. I, yeah. I born there. My blood is there and I, 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 I half my life, considering was in Bosnia and half here in Singapore. So, um, and we was, when I came in Singapore in 99, first things I remember I told, um, I spoke to Steven Tan and uh, Lim Tonga and uh, yeah. Manuali about how Singapore is basically same like Bosnia. Mm -hmm. You know, in one 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 house, oh, you house mean the melting pot. Yeah, it's like a religion and race, and mm -hmm. then we are, you yeah. know, we celebrate all the different um, right. um, um, these uh, festival festival. Yeah. Uh, we, my best friend, my two best friends, was uh, Muslims. We grew up with not knowing who is who. We yeah. never see who is uh, 
uh, names by surname. We, we just enjoy our life and without any problem. I went in the army, was the same like Singapore army. We all served the army and we was all together as a, as a, as a, as a, as a one unit yeah, and yeah. as a one country. And it was so sad that today people still don't realize this is actually not bringing us anyway because the, the country will be still far away because world is changed. But we are people who is very proud who they are. And this, this proud is killing us because um, this um, kind of like um, uh, being stubborn in go against the whole entire world, it'll never bring anything because I... I'm not really sad of the older generation myself, like who is some people will stay there and, and, and still believe we are the superior than anybody else. I'm not sad about them. I said of the younger generation or those kids, like my brother kids. I always tell my brother is good because he's, he's, um, he studied, he finished college. So he's uh, basically educated. What is in our problem? We have a less educated people and more like villages who won against the cities. And they are, they are one who's running the show. And then those kids is suffering because like, you know, kids have to have a freedom. They have to, you know, to learn love and uh, respect and, um, you know, to be mixing with a different race and religion because this is what this world about today. And um, seeing my two, my, my brother, two kids, they will probably never have that chance. They will be uh, brainwashed by uh, by sides which one they are live and think this is this is what we are being teach. This is what we believe, and in the end, how far they can go? It will never go far. That's why when you go through the Bosnia, you probably see, you know, still the houses and buildings uh, left uh, yeah, from the war. You know, they never that, never yeah. fixed because there's no money, and the money which one is come, it's so corrupt. That is um, that is unbelievable, and it's yeah. like and all the three parts who is there's a country Bosnia Herzegovina they move uh, they taking for themselves for their own people so yeah. nobody want to actually to work together and no build integrating yes huh? and if you look at the we have so much ni- nice like rivers uh, you saw exactly yeah those lakes, rivers are amazing some, like some nature which one is still untouched yes there's not built you, you don't see that anyway anyway around yeah. the world because they now is you know it's not anymore to find this kind of and we still have that we have a yeah. mountains we have a beautiful exactly. but it's what point but the thing is uh, I've seen the buildings and this is full of bullets and um, bombs and all this you can literally see every house has a bullet in it every uh, (laughs) abandoned building is probably bombed and uh, from what I've heard from the locals there there are landmines still and quite a bit of landmines yeah it is yeah it is I I, when I was in 2003 it was even that time and it has not changed now. I don't think so. Change. They, I think they tried to clean clean a little bit, but um, it's it's a huge job because uh, most this uh, paramilitary. I, I was an army man. I know how this work. Um, when they when you put it in bombs, usually you have a plane, and these planes and uh, you keep it in case when one day the war is finished, you can show this plane and you know where's the bombs. Uh, paramilitary when it was a Bosnian civil war the people just was putting the bombs without any other uh, the, the mines and all this yeah. it's without any planning so they basically the um, mines is everywhere especially the houses you probably saw who is empty one yeah. people can't even skate to go to this house because some idiots they put the mines and waiting for the might be booby trap and, uh, yeah, yeah yeah as a trap yes and since you brought up about army, I mean, what was your role in the army when you enlisted? What would you? How long were, the, so were they, you serving? <laughs> Hi, um, 
when I took it my sport and I um, um, when I was 12 years old I, I have to before army I can tell you the my story the which one I wrote in the book um, I, I had a, some um, uh, medical problem with my body uh, I wasn't growing up my chest was uh, kind of like going different in different shape and my um, doctors suggest my parents to take me to the some sport which will help me to um, stretch my body and uh, Give me some, uh, you know, strain to do the muscle to grow properly, and one of the sports which was quite big in my uh, town that who time was, already. Who was that doctor? Professor X or what? No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> actually, <laughs> the man, the man, the man, the man actually was. Um, he had a. He, he was a city man, of course. He's a doctor. Yeah. He was an orto, orthoped, orthoped yeah. doctor. I can actually now I can see his face. I don't know his name, <laughs> but he had a. How he came to me basically was very strange because. Um, uh, most of these rich people had in our villages uh, houses, like a, how to say, holiday house. Mm. And he was one of them. He used to come on the weekends and just like, you know, walk his dogs. And he was like, rich man. And we know he's a doctor. And I, I mean, we, and so he saw me and he asked me, where is your parents live? And I said, oh, my mom and dad is just down in the street. And, and so he came and talked to them because he saw me. It was a summer and I didn't have a T-shirt. So he saw me, my chest was kind of going uh, in, yes, in the wrong way. And he said, to But them, is it like some said, sort of deformity? Yeah, it was deformity. We okay. call in our countries kind of chicken, chicken, um, chicken chest, which one is like a go, like a, uh, like a, it's oh, very sharp, sharp, okay. and was really going up to the shop. So he called and, called and said, Can you bring your son to the hospital? In I want to see him. I will write to. Help him, and so they made a, they made a machine that time. I don't know how it is now, but they 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 made he actually made a, like a leather something, and it was like a big, heavy things on my chest, which when I carry for next two years. The yes, way, the and there was pressure putting in nice like Iron Man, no? and the pressing, like Iron Man. I was pressing my chest, and you can imagine how much bullies I got from the kids of course, my yeah. age because I was like going into school, and whatever t-shirts you wear or jacket. Winter was best because you can't really see, but in summer and all, and like you can see the uh, all this uh, coming under my because I needed to carry that 24 hours basically. Only shower, take out, and put it back. And more my chest was going uh, in in um, more he was straps. So you have to go for the. It's like a you waiting for the teeth. Uh, this uh, bracelet. Yeah, Braces basically. Like so a compression. Yeah, and compression. Yes. Your chest. And then the. He probably hobby was kayak kayaking and canoeing, and he told my dad, "Look, he should be going in this sport because it will help him to, uh, you know, by by doing this, it will stretch." And he's they they need he need gym and he need to and in uh, in the small town that time the only gym the small gym was in that canoeing club. Here I am uh, um, coming for the training for the canoeing and the coach who was that time uh, told me he said, "Look, um, <clears throat> it's." Um, Swimming time because you, you need to show that you can swim because it's a river. I mean, you are on the river. You sit on the. Of course, well, none of us know how to swim. I mean, I never. Nobody teach me to swim. I mean, we as a kids we used to jump in the river all the time without even thinking are we going to be drawn or not. But we that was a fun, just jumping and good luck if you uh, come back <laughs> and uh, to the to the back to the, to the show life. Yeah, <laughs> to show. Yeah. So my my first um, challenge in my really life was that swimming swim over, over the river to show the coach and how do you actually swim when you don't you know, know when you're young you don't really really you don't even okay. realize that, that so you just throw you in the water and yeah swim. i just jump i just jump because i was so determined to sign for this club i just wanted to be part of because one of the part of that was a few of my friends was already there and they told me if you sign you're going to get a, like a full 
full uniform of Adidas, like a t-shirt, shorts, tracksuit, yeah. shoes, Adidas. I was like, oh my God, this is like... <laughs> is that the one that you're yes, wearing right yeah. now? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, like, so you are a diehard Adidas fan now. So I was like, <laughs> I I mean, I didn't even... I, all I had there, I was uh, um, leaving the singlet, singlet, white singlet, yeah. which one is... Uh, I, that was uh, my dad could buy for me and my brother. And I was like thinking to get it, just a t-shirt of Adidas, which one I only saw on some rich kids. And I was like, that's it. I'm going to swim whatever is need to be done. So I a single did swim, it. Man. I did it. I did it. I signed. And first year, to be honest, was difficult because you learn how to, to stabilize yourself in the canoe, kayaking. I started with the kayak. Later part, in two years later, I moved to the canoeing. In these two years, I realized that um, this is my escape from my harsh life. This is the escape from my village life. Escape from the leaving this you know, life, which one is like as a child, you can't even imagine. We hear a lot of this with uh, the current or whatever footballer that's uh, that's doing very well. And they start out with that poverty thing. Yes. Especially the Brazilians. Yes. And then they came about to where they are, uh, who, who, what we know and things like Unfortunately, that. Unfortunately, that's, that's the way. Yeah. I always say this a sport is uh, for the poor people. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're not hungry in your stomach, uh, you don't know uh, when you're going to eat. Uh, basically, it was the days when my mom will just give us the me and my brother food. You want to eat, you don't want to eat. It wasn't like you want or don't. This is what you have. And if you don't want to eat, fine. You go and sleep with an uh, empty stomach. So I was uh, like that. And then I realized like more I put effort in my tra- trainings, more I was better in a race. So I could kind of, as, a, as already 13 years old, I can beat some some older Seniors kids. And you know, yeah. like, you know, I, I then more I do that and it's also bigger pressure because I and then I realize actually I want I want to do that I want to show that uh, you know get get this opportunity to as far I can and see how far I can go and my coaches was really good there was old school coaches there wasn't nonsense things and you come late and all this you are late you don't even need to come to the session because you'll you'll not be able to come. Yeah. This and is then, the people from the former Yugoslavia. Yes, former Yugoslavia. And yeah. the coaches will come to your school and check with the co- uh, teachers, ask how he's doing in school. If you're not doing well, you'll not be able to come to the sessions. And you'll be sad because you are missing your friends, you're missing the sessions. So it was so much, uh, you know, um, good things. I mean, you, you that time already, you're building your values as a person. No, just because I after I realized how much those coaches actually build individually to us to be good persons and then push on top of that some of us, not all, we couldn't succeed. I had a, in my group was eight of us. Only myself succeed as Olympian. Couple of us succeed as a world world in a world ch- in championships, but you know, so it's like so many of them give up in, in the end because it's, it's, it wasn't easy. It wasn't but, easy. But does this kayaking and canoeing help your chest to... Yes, to, a lot, a lot. To look, I mean, so better. I was like 13 years old. I was already in gym doing uh, uh, light sessions, all this. When, when today I see the kids and say, oh, don't do mm. any light, light uh, lifting. And it's like, yeah, actually you can, but it's like, you know, you just need to know how to do So it. the doctor was right in asking yeah, you yeah, to do kayaking and canoeing. So the two years later when I took out, when I was already 15, um, I was already junior champion in uh, 10 million people in the canoeing. I was mm. already, even with these straps, I was still mm. co- uh, training and I was like, whatever is, just give it to me and I will, I will just uh, work as, as hard as I could. And of course, more race I was winning, more, more I was hungry and um, I had more desire to, to, to even give up everything, sacrifice everything of my life just to, uh, to be number one. And then 
um, when I was um, 17, there was a time when you, uh, you know, call up for the first um, uh, national, service. national service. They have that. I didn't, being growing up in the, in, the, in the communist country, if you, if you are kind of a mark as a, as a youth of, of the, you know, like a star potential. in the youth, yeah. potential youth where the another kids will be or that uh, generation looking as, a, as you as an idol. Of course, I was one of them. Uh, especially in my hometown when the newspaper TVs was writing about me. Uh, so do you get special future. treatment in the army? That's a good question because <laughs> it wasn't. I thought, I thought, you know, I didn't even ask. To be honest, I didn't ask. Mm. Uh, like, I don't know. I don't know how's in Singapore army, but uh, we, we go also for the special like um, testing, testing physical, mental, all these things. I wasn't different. And of course, I beat everybody. I was, I was so far fit than every another boy of 17 years old because basically I was so big and I was strong and running and whatever is push-ups, sit-ups. It was a joke for me. Of course, uh, was uh, only one thing was uh, to be officer, go in officer school and be in the, some of these toughest, which was uh, special forces. Oh, that means, wait, let me get this right. So when you enlisted, you have the choice to go to be an officer. So yes, way, so when you, when you, yes, you, you, you already, the, the pathway, communists make for you mm. pathway. So if you are really good, they, they see that you're mentally, physically, you're there. You go in the toughest. If you are the really strong, I went to toughest with a special forces officer. Mm-hmm. Or you go in a, some, some of this lower, lower grade in a, as a normal soldier. Should have grown up in a communist country, man. <laughs> we could have been officers. Yeah, maybe we are not. Let anyway. me tell you, my camp, my camp was, uh, when I uh, was, uh, went in a camp first day, first of all, I, I missed the first day because it was so far. I took uh, the trains and buses and in the end, I missed it one day. That's how far. So basically, from my hometown, my camp was in Lankavi. Lankavi. So they basically, no chance to can see every... Uh, my mom and dad came first time after 10 months to visit me. Mm-hmm. They couldn't recognize me. They couldn't recognize me. So, um, and um, army was um, basically... When you go in army in our country, is um, uh, something which was proudest moment in the family who have sons. Mm-hmm. So it's a basically biggest celebration go for days. Basically, people come out with, uh, unfortunately, we have all have guns in, uh, grow up with the guns around it. So That's parents will, fun. Father, will, <laughs> father will come out with a gun and just like a shoot in a, like in a, like all day, all night. For the fun sh- of it. For fun of it, not really for fun, but to show the neighborhood and everybody who can hear this. Uh, um, like who's the boss? Yes. Who have a house of the son who is going in the army? Oh, okay, it's a celebration thing. Okay, yeah, huge yeah. celebration. It's like so, a rite of passage. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So huge celebration. And now I see here the kids crying because they nobody want to go in the army. We was well, like the so mates proud. Are actually carrying their bags now. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you've noticed that, right? That's yeah. Uh, yeah I saw that. Uh, for sure. Domestic yeah. helpless. Uh, I, I guess if mm. I uh, yeah, my dad will probably kill me if I never <laughs> happen this. He will so, send the gun on you. Yes, again. yes, <laughs> definitely. Yes, yes. This is my celebration. Yes. Now, I'm going to kill yes. my son. Yeah, kill my son because he kind of um, shamed our family by somebody <laughs> else carry his bag. And so uh, it was tough. My dad was a very tough man. So, um, and. Um, but what, but who still you, who, which army was this? Is this the That's a Yugoslavian army. The Yugoslavian, I grew right? up in yeah. a, Until I left the country, it was still Yugoslavia. Yugoslavia. Yeah. So and it was a national army, like a Singapore army, Yugoslavia army. And I went into the camp and um, thinking like, okay, it's fine. But when coming into the camp, like a, 
I missed the first day and then I came. Of course, they shave you all the, the, these things, what you need to do, give you so many injections, don't even know. When what we are now they, complaining yeah. about these jabs today, that's the mutant about jab that they give you. I didn't even have a, you don't even ask what they jab you. Of course, yeah. You don't even ask. Yeah. They just say, okay, just jab me left, right, nowhere else, let's go. And they realized after a couple of weeks, they basically all my camp, like officers, the guys who was there, all of them crying for their moms and dads because uh, wake oh, up. Oh, really? Even, oh, yeah. even the, at the toughest of places yes. in the world? Huh? So I was thinking how they've been choosing to, to come here. I was yeah. like so happy. I was like, wake up five o'clock. You go around for like a 10K, come back. I was like, <laughs> uh, shit. I was like That's enjoying myself <laughs> because I used to come for the session. First, my session was six o'clock. So, well, so I wake like up the, five. I mean, it's like a vacation so like for you. Right? It's kind of like, yeah. So And my my my, my uh, uh, colleagues in the army there who was in, sleeping in, they used to ask me, I was, what is wrong with you, man? Yes, what's wrong with you? You are killing all of us. Are you, are you a madman? <laughs> he said, so they, I, from that start, I realized I was already leader. So I was leader already. I was kind of leading the, 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 the camp, uh, at least my unit, where it was my, all my soldiers. I mean, soldiers like officers like me. Uh, I finished the top three in an in a army uh, officer. I got my first uh, star and uh, came out from army and what uh, was this so uh, what does it represent brigadier general so they you know yeah <laughs> yeah they yeah, if else. i stayed if i stayed probably i'll go that far 100 percent. i'm not surprised what man. what uh, what was uh, my my was i was a commander of the special forces unit one unit <sighs> of the 15 special forces boys so but, I was but like, why didn't you want to continue in the army as a career so the um when i was in the army first part was basically very tough mm. there was like intensive program mentally and physically and a lot of uh, studies you go into classes you learn a lot of things which one is important you know you learn but what I had a, a later part after the six months I was able to train because we was allowed as a sportsman who was uh, wearing the national flag mm. to train as a sport unit so it was a call like a sportsman in okay. the army so we was basically I never missed the sessions after six months of my even six months was really good because I was running every day. So it was physically, I was already still keep my fitness. Mm. But after six months, they allowed us all the national players or whatever sport you was uh, representing for the country to train and go out and use the facility outside of camp and train with the whatever coaches they've been able to do that, which is, is really good because you continue do whatever you are doing in mm. the sport. So it was a football, karate, judo, bo box. Uh, kay kayaking, uh, handball, volleyball, all these guys was trained and, uh, and then country was helping them to go into the, some local clubs. So the camp is always around some of the cities and then we've been there and train uh, every afternoons, which this is, is was like good. SAF Warriors or home team? Then home it was, United, a, right? yes, home when United, I was yeah. a, before that, yes. Yeah. And that is the something which when I always believe we need to give, uh, bring back. We need to bring back because it's, uh, it's so important in here in Singapore to have this. Uh, I strongly believe that uh, the boys, I was in the army, I know how much is um, take your time mentally and physically. So it's, you know, spending not two years with uh, two years with no sport, which one you are uh, trained before. It's ended the story. End of the story. And once you come up it's with the, the army, story, you yeah. lose the interest. It's it's right? ended the story. Yeah. It's ended the, your <clears throat> basically ended mm. the, you just you can just forget about ninety nine percent people will not uh, no chance to go back because I know myself when I was a professional sportsman if I don't train three weeks I feel heavy I feel lethargic I feel like 
angry because I'm not in the best shape. And you can imagine two years. It's like, a, forget about it. So going back to the army, yeah, I went back. I come out. I didn't stay. They did offer me to stay. I was uh, kind of um, wanted to, don't want to stay. Uh, was the money was really good because you've been uh, in uh, army is always good yeah. because it's a look after. But <clears throat> wanted to know, wanted to, I end up in, uh, in the war anyway. So because it's... Um, you were part of that? Yeah, I was a part of civil war, yes. First oh, part. shit. First part. Wait, but, but, when, but when you decide not to continue with the army, what does your parents feel? Or what does your parents say? One mic stand. Dad. No, my dad, my dad was, um, he, of course... Um, he, I remember he told me, he said, look, um, it's, your, um, it's your choice. Uh, it's uh, something with stability. If you're only looking for stability, this is the best. So, but he knew uh, also that we all knew uh, that coming war. And he said, look, you're going to be in the war. So whatever you do, you'll still end up in the war. And in being communist officer, it's basically it's very limited uh, traveling overseas as a sportsman because they are... Um, being communist, we was always scared of the West, and uh, you know, the, somebody's espionage, or you know, you be agent of somebody giving the um, position of the camps and army, what we have, and all this. Because I was army man, so my dad said you'll be always kind of under scrutiny of the government because they'll be look after you because they'll think you are working for somebody else from USA or England or some, uh, you know, agents. So in the end, I, I was in one way, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll do that. But then I, get, I was so scared. I was thinking, but anyway, I wanted to really to con continue with the sport, which is, didn't happen because while we was talking and thinking about all these things, as so war came. I mean, uh, civil war came in 1991. The Yugoslavia started to be splitting um, <clears throat> all the five states who was one country wanted to be become independent. Problem in, with that was uh, that most of this, except Slovenia, most of these um, states had a lot of re religion and race who was pushing for their own agenda, agenda yeah. for to be stay in their own uh, autonomy without not having the flag of that country and about the heads. And then Croatia was uh, one of the really bad because had a lot of Serbian community there. Serbians didn't want to be part of the Croatia. They didn't want a uh, Croatian flag on top of their heads. But I, ten, I can tell you the Bosnia was worse because we was so mixed by religion, race, by people, marriage. Like we, we married like a, my, my first cousin um, was um, married. Um, he, we, I'm Orthodox and he married Muslim. Uh, so wife was Muslim. So we mixed marriages and all this for us in Bosnia was common. Like it was a, okay. Like, like yeah. a, normal, normal things. No, no, us, but in other states was not so common. So they, they keep keep they are what they are. But Bosnia was like I tell you, we have a best heart. For I, I can say that not because I'm Bosnian, I'm not buyer, but we are really the special people in that region, with a really good heart and with the to help everybody. And, and the, but we paid the price. We paid the price. We was the worst civil war you could even imagine. The people can kill first neighbors and all. And I went in the first part of the war. As officer, as a special forces, I brought my boys in, uh, in the first, the worst uh, battlefield, battle fleet, you can, can say it, in the city, you know, between the Croatia and, and, and Serbia. Thinking that I, as officer, I still was Yugoslavia. At that time, it's still Yugoslavia. 
And um, I was a part of Yugoslavian army. I was so proud to be part. And <clears throat> I was there to kind of thinking that I'm going into war to, to stop that. You know, as you're a young officer, I was 21. And you go into there and, and then you just step in and you just see the dead bodies from everywhere. This is the dead bodies, they burn buildings, they, the streets been um, fight, street fights. There's like basically everybody's killing each other with, with no even asking who you are. They, their life become like a, for one cigarette. So you pay one cigarette and you get killed. So, um, so that's how cheap was lives. And, and I was there. And then, I don't know how, but maybe my, my parents really had a big influence in me as a person to, you know, to stood what I believe. And then one of that was that I believe this shouldn't be happening. And especially we was, as a national army, was closing eyes to all this killing in front of my eyes. I see the killings in front of my eyes, this paramilitary doing what they want, stealing, killing, uh, raping. And so, and I try to um, get, get them in jail. And then next day I go into jail and they're not there because they've been let out. So they've been basically everybody was doing what they want. And, uh, and I just stood up and went to my commander and I, I told him that, um, you know, my, um, my mission here and my belief and my as a commander is um, this uh, to protect the innocent people, sexual civilians. I don't care about guys who carry the guns. I can kill them because that was my job and my soldier's job. But I brought my soldiers into the to you know, to um, protect those people. And I believe that um, this not case in, in, in this what I'm here for. And I, I, I'm not going to command my soldiers to kill anybody anymore. And, um, and I was arrested, of course. They, my big commander was arrested me. Uh, <coughs> and he, in the end, he ended up in uh, Hague. I don't know if you know much about Hague. And yeah, yeah, there was yeah. all the criminals. He was one of them. He was my big commander. He was a crazy man. But uh, never mind. I, I stood what I believed. And I, I, th I thought that night when I did that, and when I got arrested, went in the jail, <coughs> army jail, never nice um i thought i would got killed because was life was so cheap you are basically no law it's like you are in this in the in the territory with no law i gotta ask you a <coughs> serious question i mean you can choose not to answer i mean since you mentioned i know what you're gonna ask him <laughs> should yeah. i ask him for you okay go ahead have you killed someone <laughs> have you is it a kill or be killed Basically, uh, when you're in the war, um, yeah, it's a, it's a, that's things. Mm -hmm. You are basically, to survive, you are basically need to kill, not yeah, to get killed. We've been teach that, and I was in special forces. There was one of the logo in us was, um, you know, first of all, our logo was, um, you are born to die. And in our unit, when I was going into the officer school in special forces, it was funny things when I used to see on my wall, you are born to die, and I was like, yeah, we, we are, but <laughs> I want to live as long as I can, you know, and it was like a scary because you are 17 years old. You go into the first things your commander and my commanders was Russian, Russian commanders. And they tell us to read on the every day this, you know, you are born to die. And yeah, when you are there, um, no choice but uh, to protect yourself and your soldiers. My soldiers were so young and they were scared. I was scared, too. But I guess in your age and, you know, you are, don't really think about that. You just think about how to survive. And um, yeah, one of these things is uh, that. But am I proud or not? Uh, I'm proud that I stopped and um, tried to stop, actually. Try as, as much as I could. I couldn't. I was arrested. Went back to my hometown as a, as a traitor. But um, 
Actually, that was the best things that could happen to me. That I went back to my hometown when I could really get some connection to my my dad. And we didn't have iPhones and phones and everything. But basically, it was just when I came back, I just called the normal phone and tell my dad that uh, I'm in trouble. And, uh, you know, and he said, what's happening? And I quickly explained him. And then with some connection, I was kind of able to just come to the home. At the moment when I came home, it was already ready. My bag was ready and I was gone. I was going over the border and thinking that when I crossed the border to Hungary, I was thinking that I may back in six months or, you know, Mm. this war will stop because somebody will realize that like me, that's just a, yeah, never go back. But Ten years later. You can read my mind. eh? Yeah, I can, man. (laughs) I've been around with you for three years. (laughs) I know. People ask that question also. So it's like. Yeah, it's it's a it's a war. The thing is, I've easily have ten questions in my head right now, but I don't know yeah. how to actually frame <laughs> them. Um, I've, let's just start with this, okay? I've been to the places that is yeah. uh, former Yugoslavia. Yes, I've been to Slovenia. I, yes. I, I was in Croatia and then Bosnia and and then Serbia, and then I was in Bulgaria. But which that's totally off. But the thing is, I can feel what you say because Bosnia is sandwiched in between two. And they are the nicest that I've met amongst uh, my journey. I mean, Slovenia is on its own. They are yes, pretty much. Yes, they've always been on yeah, their own. Yeah. been on their own. And then you've got the Croats and the Serbs. Yes. And I had probably the worst experience of my entire trip when I was in Serbia. Yeah. And you stick out like a sore thumb. Everyone's yeah. white there. Yes. Um, we are the biggest racist, and I can tell you now openly, um, the biggest racist in, uh, coming from Eastern Europeans. Yeah. I don't know why... Uh, basically, when they see the <coughs> black or any, it's like a just a any so colored racist. person. Yeah. yeah, any colored person. Yeah, any colored person. Um, they they feel that is like you know. They I don't know why is that in. Um, yeah, they call you out and on the streets they'll call you yeah. out. And these are that's these why are you see you see that in football also when you play in uh, really? a lot of yeah when European big clubs go to play in Eastern Europe uh, for you UEFA Cup or yeah. or in um, Champions Leagues for the teams. They see the all the, the Russia and all this, oh, okay, okay. all that part, yeah. all the from Serbia all the way down. And yeah. you, I can tell you all, there's a there's a there's a huge something which one is, um, I I I can't I can't imagine um, why and I can't I can't answer this question. But uh, I guess uh, for us who is a sportsman and I myself as uh, all my life being sport, you know this uh, sort of the respectful and and um, I'm a lucky. Actually, what I went through in my life because um, sport and life actually shaped shape, you, shape yeah. me as a person, and I'm so proud of that. And um, I will never change this, and no, my kids or, or anybody who is around me to respect, be respectful like this. What's going yeah. on there? Yeah, I, I, I feel for you because I, yeah. I, I guess, I guess is no change and, much. And even the my closest, time. yeah, I was there in 20, 2018. Yeah, yeah. And, no. and the closest that I can feel to the old Yugoslavia. Um, scene is, yeah. is actually Serbia. Yeah. You've got, you see these guys, chain smoking guys in bars and things yeah. like that, and it's just yeah. crazy, man. Uh, Serbia yeah, I was there for still just a few days, yeah. but I, you can feel that the yeah, negativity deep hatred that they yes. have. Yes, man, it's incredible. Yes. And like I said, the Bosnians are a sandwich, and unfortunate that this happened. I've been to the museum, the war museum. I've seen the things, yeah. and, the, and I've been to the Latin Bridge. Where every shit starts from. Yes. It was the First World War with yes. the with yes. assassination of yes, the, uh, the uh, princip- uh, Franz Ferdinand. Princip- pr- yeah, Princip, um, the student, um, Princip Most. It's a bri- Princip Bridge. There's yeah. a student guy who killed the 
Um, the Archduke. Yeah, he killed Austria, the, uh, think, killed the Austrian uh, king. Yeah. Well, well future, Ferdinand, future right? king. Yeah, he Franz was Ferdinand. the son. Uh, the, so the king. That's where we start. So the, basically, I have to say there's the region called Balkan, and we are the yeah, biggest yeah. troublemakers. Um, uh, as you can see, the first war started because yeah, of yeah, us. I we did, killed yeah. this guy, and then they attack everybody because yeah. of us. And uh, that was in Bosnia. Uh, that bridge is still there in Sarajevo. Um, yeah. It was a moment then, uh, when you were there. Yeah. When you are there, have you been there? Of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. So the thing is, you you get that vibe, right? <clears throat> yes. That 1917, History, yes. 1918 vibe. History Man. where we have the churches, and I'm, I'm sure you went mosques and Sarajevo, yeah, and all this. Yeah. There's a millions of years, and basically we always kind of never let us to be cut anybody you know we was mm. under turkish imperial for millions yeah, the of ottomans, years yeah. ottomans so mm. was like basically when they hold we still fight against them uh, first war we didn't let ourselves uh, to anybody come to close to us even we got so many of us killed second war was even worse uh, germans came and basically destroy this part of the balkan and our people we had a millions of People, kids killed because uh, because we just attack them. Whatever they killed, we still attack, and we we never we always wanted to have this kind of freedom. But that was the old time, and those people still live that life, and uh, and uh, I can't believe it. They never change. They didn't change, man. Yes, they still stuck in that world. Yeah, especially that, in Serbia. They yeah. still believe, yeah, they still believe somebody will going to attack them, and the rest of the world thinking about how to make the technology, how to get a unfortunate, yeah, yeah how to get it, they uh, educate the kids, and uh, you know, uh, businesses build a build a you know build the businesses build the build the country. No, they are still thinking that somebody will attack them. Let's let's prepare <laughs> ourselves for the fight. Honestly. <laughs> That's always it. <laughs> okay, so and then after the army, you went to the Olympics. Yes. And the best part is you have to travel yourself there. Yes. What happened, man? Well, the Olympic, Olympic part was really funny one because... Did the um, transport break down? How no, no, transport is a lot of things. When I, when I kind of got a call to be Olympian, um, Bosnia-Herzegovina was, that time in 1992, was basically for everybody who wasn't Muslim, was a... Um, to killed, so basically it was everybody thought there's a Muslim country and don't do anything with them. I'm Orthodox, yeah. and um, for me to go into this under the Bosnian flag was already big, big uh, decision because my father already and brother was in army, Serbian army, fighting against that flag. So for me, as a you know, to think about to go in Olympic game was huge decision to make. Being sportsman, didn't think much. I said yes, and it was a, there was a 10 of us. I was the first Olympian for the Bosnia, and I'm super proud of that. Um, so going into the Olympic already, I had a few kind of major problems, which is was half country as a Bosnian who was kind of hoping the Bosnia will be one day really big country, and which one is today, was really cheering for me because, you know, I was Olympian. But another country, half country, with, together with my dad and my brother and everybody else, was cheering basically not my dad and my brother, but rest was to kill me because I was a huge traitor for the Serbian community because here I am, you know, being in a part of the Olympic yeah. team of Bosnia-Herzegovina. That was a huge thing. Another problem, most Olympians basically fly in a business class at least, <laughs> if not first class. <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever, was bicycle, the, huh? whatever was the 92 <laughs> or when I was in Barcelona or today when uh, Tokyo 
um, my my biggest problem was actually how to kind of come to the with no money in the pocket. I I was refugees in the Hungary, refugees with no money, zero. Basically, my daily, if I can tell you that time, my tra- daily training for the Olympic game was um, um, to try to get a two eggs per day or five eggs. Eggs was cheapest things. Eggs and bread was cheapest. So the daily, my dieting for the Olympic game was eat eggs and bread every day because that's all I could afford at that time in 1992 to have. And i not shame of that. And I, I will, if I have to do again, I'll do. And um, yeah, so um, it was so tough, you know. Um, so the day when I really, the day when I really traveled to the Barcelona was like, only way I was thinking is basically in uh, in 90s was Europe was basically um, if you wanted to go in some part with no money and uh, anything you can stop the bu- uh, buses and trucks Hitchhike. by hitchhike yeah. yes and I wasn't different uh, my friend dropped me outside of Seged and he said good luck Alex <laughs> I had a small bag and I had a letter of the Olympic committees countries which one I was going cross um, to check that this boy is really going to Olympic Games and the first actually was a bus. I remember the bus stop and a guy asked me, well, where are you going? I said, anything closer to Austrian border? And he said, yeah, I'm going on that way, but uh, it'll take a time. Are you in no Russia? I said, anytime, you just take me. Actually, all day we traveled through the bus. Uh, he stopped many places and we, on the way, the guy asked me, so, uh, so what is your, you know, what's the plane? I, I, I can see you are from Bosnia. I say, yeah, I'm, I'm going for Olympic game. And then the guy looked at me. Did he said, laugh yeah. all the way? No, uh, he didn't laugh. He didn't laugh, but he looked at me like, <laughs> Yeah, he right. Thinking inside himself. <laughs> yeah, right. I also going in a, a typical to, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, the first, first actually, the first kind of facing really big problem was uh, Austrian border. He dropped me outside, and that time, that time is not anymore. Guarantee now, um, you could kind of walk through the uh, borders like used to be in uh, JB. We used to walk through the yeah, bridge. Okay, yeah. So the basically, we walk, yes, yeah. crossway. So we walk. I walk. And I'm going to Austrian border, and a guy I can see them, uh, you know. And the guy asked me, "Am I broken English?" And he's broken English. And I asked him, I said, "Look, I'm um, I'm here to go across the your country, and I have this letter, and um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm actually going to Olympic Games." And the guy just looked around me, looked and asked me, said, "Where you come from?" Well, this is the and first I, day I've yeah. heard throughout <laughs> my yes. entire hitchhiking. I know. Uh, yes. <laughs> Say where you come from, and I was like, he looking. Say where you come from. He thinking I drive because yeah. he thinking where's my car or something. Yeah. I said, look, I I've been dropped by bus, and he, and he look at me. He said, come in office, sit down there. And I thought I'm going to get arrested, and yeah. that's it. And end of the story. I'm going to be kicked out back <laughs> to refugees in uh, Hungary. And but he did called, and he did uh, Vienna Vienna Olympic um, Committee, and they they said yes, this boy is actually uh, you know we're trying to help all these Bosnian. Um, first sportsman to guy, can you please help him? I we don't know what is the um, what is his um, statute and uh, did he have a car or something? And the guy said no, he doesn't. And so they got so they after that he he's coming in the office. I remember I was sitting like I was young boy. I had just a small bag, nothing inside the bag, obviously because I didn't even have a clothes. I didn't even know what I'm going to wear for the Olympic Games. And the guy coming with the friends and he told the friends in German or I don't know Austrian something. And then he said in English. He said, you really going in Olympic game? It's unbelievable. Yeah. So he said, I brought my friends to show them this point. <laughs> so I was like a kind of like a trophy, <laughs> trophy for them. Do you parade around there? Like, I didn't have a photo or anything at that time. Right? So it's like, and I was like sitting and I was like, 
Oh, God, I was thinking to myself, oh gosh, I can't go through, man. So they told me, said, don't worry, we're going to help you. Come out. So they were stopping the cars, asking who is going to the Slovenia side and please bring this boy. So one guy said, yeah, I'm going because he was happy. Probably who knows what he had in the car. Man, you got a long way uh, down. I know. Yeah, but I was going to the Slovenia to meet another day. day, day but day, day. you've got that journey down I know. towards Spain. Actually, I was down then going up. There was yeah. a, and Graz. I remember I passed the Graz with the bus stop. I, I remember the, the, the city Graz was so huge. I was looking, I was like, oh my God, the city is so huge. And then the guy was so happy. And he said, oh my God, you helped me, man. I, I will take you anyway because I had uh, so many things in the car, but they didn't check because they, <laughs> they was happy me to go in. Wait, wait, wait. What things were He's in the car? guy. I don't even ask. <laughs> he also asked me the same question. He said, oh, so boy, uh, what happened to you, man? Where, 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 where are you going? And I this said, would have been a scene. <laughs> I know. And I like, again, I was like thinking myself, here we go. Um, yeah, I'm going to Olympic game. Oh, which Olympic game? Um, which Olympic game? Yeah, 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 oh, he's thinking uh, probably four years later. I say Barcelona, this one in uh, next uh, week. He say, you're going in Barcelona? Well, really? What, 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 what sport? Where, where is your... Yeah, uh, exactly. What do you have? <laughs> so I was like, anyway. So yeah, I was there. Um, end up coming to Barcelona. And wait, how no, do you get to Barcelona? You took a flight. You had no money. Yet. No, no. So they halfway. So I went to the Slovenia and Ljubljana. Yeah, and Ljubljana, there was a, yeah, yeah. So that we met. I met the rest of the uh, rest of the guys, and then oh, from there we would okay, fly. So okay. halfway was yeah. uh, hitchhiking. That's why I was asking just now. Yes. You got to go all the way yes. down. Then go yes, yeah. yes to Spain. Yes, oh, and then okay. coming day, I already had a problem because I was the only one who is. Um, um, so there was a thing, boys. Uh, there was a two guys who was already in the war in the army. So they didn't like me because they there was in the Muslim army, and then they're thinking. Oh, this guy is like, yeah, he's in the north. Here comes now. the traitor that, now. Yeah, yeah, he's and that they ask probably question what, what yeah. he's doing here because you know I wasn't even half of the country my side was already put in my name for the anybody who kill him is he'll be a national hero in uh, oh shit oh yeah oh yeah you had a oh, price on your head yes yes oh, already this is fucking cool man yes yeah it was cool <laughs> so they. Yeah, and, and the day I remember the night we came out in, um, I, I, I can say that, not because I was in Barcelona in, uh, as an Olympian, there was uh, one of the best Olympic games I could yeah, it uh, was. imagine. Yeah, it was, yeah. I think people still mentioning Barcelona in yeah. 1992. It was great. Uh, there was a, the Super USA basketball team, which when the I had the chance team, to yeah. see. Michael Jordan team, and all yes, that, yeah. All these guys. I saw so many, the events. Of, of course, my events was a very fast and furious, like a movie's fast and furious because... Um, I didn't have those cars, but um, I borrowed the, my um, equipment from the Spanish government. Um, there was uh, like a, just a hit done. End of the story because I know what to be professional sportsman with the trainings in and out, in and out. And myself, I didn't have that privilege before the coming into Olympic. But I can say myself, I'm a proud Olympian uh, for the first one. In um, my name is actually in Sarajevo. If you ever go in Olympic Committee, really, yeah, yeah, the name is there on the wall. Hmm. So I missed uh, that. They should yeah. have made a statue out of you there. And um, <laughs> going into the night, and when I um, coming out on the Barcelona in the stadium was amazing. It's something which I never forget. But at the were same time, when I stepped, were, were when you, I stepped, were you in another stadium? You you, you actually went to the Nukam during your yeah. There was a, there was a stadium when the opening stadium. opening ah, of the opening all right, ceremony. All right. um, not knowing that night when I step out, and of course there was a televised in uh, Bosnia as a uh, big, big things. Probably more that days was as a propaganda than you know to show that 
that the world is kind of giving the Bosnia as a, to be country, which is, is, is actually is not different. But what was there for me was that the night, later my brother told me the story, my dad was watching on the TV and he was, that was the last time I spoke to my dad. He just stand up and said, he's not my son anymore. So we never ever spoke until he died. So the 10 years later when I came back, of course the first part of the civil war in 90, there was the worst things after that happened. Uh, there was in 1992, 93, first year of the war, my mom and half my family was killed. So they basically the uh, Muslim <sighs> army was broke the, and the, my house was destroyed. My, my dad and my brother was another somewhere. And so they basically my mom, everybody was killed in the same day. Was so they, there was a more, more pain in, in our relationship. And then, um, yeah, um, how to say they um, a bit difficult. Um, so my um, when this happened, I didn't even know because it, uh, we didn't have a phones and wasn't wasn't something that I could um, I could I could knew that it happened. And um, so they went um, three days later. My brother somehow get me and said that that happened. And um, years after, I used to call home because they phoned. We could, like a 94, 95, we could have a kind of conversation with the families in Bosnia. Um, I used to call home and, uh, you know, dad will answer and I'll say, they, dad, it's Alex, you know, uh, how are you doing? And he will just hang up. So I have to call like a four or five time until my brother will get, take or will not take. And I knew and my brother is not home to talk. And if he hang a few times and my brother will finally answer and he'll say, look, uh, try not to call too many times because you get more upset. And you know, it was like, it was a tough time and it never actually, you know, something which one is, this is their life and, and, and it's like, that's what happened. So they, as much as all, all these things is, um, in, happened in, in this, when I was, what, 23, 24. But you are close to your brother. Oh yeah, yeah. super close, super close, super close. I, I guess... Um, later he told me my mom was so proud um, seeing me on TV and because she knew how much how much um, I, I really wanted to be there because as a kid I believed that uh, one day I will be in top world in uh, some way I'll be you know carry the, our family name in, in the sports sense um, didn't happen so my dad really turned against me which and I understand I was never Never did respect him because I, I respect his decision. He had this reason why he turned not talking to me. And so, yeah. So it was a good and bad moments, but um, still just uh, like that. Yeah. I've had that um, experience while I was in the bus. Apparently, I spoke to someone in the bus. There's this guy yeah. who's from, he's from Bosnia. He's Muslim. Yeah. His girlfriend is Serbian, and it's such an interesting conversation that we had. Well, he was actually traveling to Serbia. He was going to Nice. Nice, yeah, Nice, yeah, Bixit, yeah. yeah. So um, they spoke to me about the lengths of their relationship and the yes. problems that they had, and him not being able to reveal that he is a Muslim, probably in Serbia. Yeah. So I can somewhat relate to that story that you had, that backstory yeah. that you had over there. So there's so much, uh, you know, you, you, we should, um, 
um, treasure here in Singapore, this how we live in harmony. Even, uh, I mean, is, uh, here and there, it's, of course, is we see these um, problems, uh, sometimes racial problems, but I think more that it's a jealousy than is real, real races here in Singapore. But we should be so proud that um, what this country and, and, and li people live together, you know, and sharing. You go in Hoka Center, you have all these foods and all this. And that's where I always believed that my country would be like that. It didn't happen. Uh, I couldn't. I tried to help. It didn't work. I, I moved out. Uh, because I just because I didn't want to be part of that, and I'll do probably same things even if happen again. But um, yeah, so um, we should be um, appreciate what we have, you know, because is um, anything can, you know. Um, unfortunately, in my country, it's changed like overnight. We all thought there will be short conflicts, went long five five long years. People was killed, and in the end, what's the what is the end of the story? You went in Bosnia, you 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 yeah. went there. People back to live together. Uh, they mean together as much. They're trying to live together because I no think another the choice. Are living together, yes. they're fine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just that the 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 problem is between the Croats and the. Uh, I don't the think Serbians, so. It's a problem right? with the people. It's a problem between the uh, politicians because they. Uh, it's yeah, like it's in just a, the mentality that they it's a, the it's a, have. Uh, the tool which one politics. Politicians usually still use in this Eastern Europe, which is unfortunately unbelievable, still working, is um, using the religion and race as a tool. Yeah. To and especially start, when you're cut off fire. from media yeah. and whatever so that's they happening will move, elsewhere. Uh, move your mind of the thinking about economically uh, that your kids don't have a uh, chocolate to eat or, uh, you know, uh, travel or go to, uh, you know, have normal life. They will move all the things in, um, and to the, to the people's heads that, um, you know, they've been treated by another race or religion and this is said um, and unfortunately still work unbelievable still work that's let, why let me, I, don't just, go, I don't go let there let me just tell you this uh, to, to just ease yourself which is the truth okay so that you will feel better about this when I was in Bosnia there are a lot of foreign investors that pumps money into the country building malls and things like that they've got sophisticated malls man they've literally got a takashimaya wow. in bosnia in sarajevo i'm not saying that they have a takashimaya i mean they have a yes. mall which yes. is of that scale yes and they have that and Impressive. uh money's coming in again businesses are somewhat uh building up again and people are living in cohesiveness they, that means they are literally De okay now yeah definitely i mean i can i mean I, when i spoke to my dad uh, my brother and um um he tell me that uh, you know life is much better than was it before of course uh, because <clears throat> all of them can afford the now cars and they have a uh, you know apartments and but there's still lack of the you know future for the sometimes it's for the younger generation and um, you know what what is it's been what 20 years now yeah, um, about more than 20, yes. It's been 20 years yeah. since it started. I think they, they, they'll slowly get there. Yeah, I mean, I hope so. I hope so. I really hope. I I wish in some way I can help. But uh, I'm gone. I think they, when I came in Singapore and I was always look for the home. I really didn't know where I belonged belong after I left Bosnia. And that's why when my first daughter was born here and my son after that in 2002-2004, I kind of really start feeling that uh, I belong here. And as much as much my friends used to tell me, oh, Alex, you're crazy, you know, you, you could live anywhere else, you know, why, why you want to be here? But Why not? Yeah, why not? Exactly. I, I felt 
that uh, to be big part of Singapore. Maybe reason was that because I all my friends are Singaporeans. I really never really mix with anything else than Singaporeans, and I felt that I understand this culture. I understand mm-hmm. the English language because my friends used to come from overseas, and we go in Hoka Center, and they will ask me. They said, "What did your auntie just said now?" I didn't understand her English, and they are like Australians or uh, mm. like uh, European English, because they didn't understand. But I understand. I was so proud. I was like, <laughs> I understand her. You know what she's asking you? Let me explain it to you. Yes, I was explaining what she's telling you about food. Yeah. So yeah, these kind of things, and it's like uh, I, I never really um, zero have regret for everything what I did in life, and uh, and I, I'm happy what I achieve with uh, my life, and and and. Um, so it's um, small things, but um, you know, I'm still happy. <laughs>